Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Thank you for tuning in. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today on our podcast. And from our little chat we had before, I understand that you have actually experienced two pregnancy losses and you have a wonderful three and a half month old baby. So let's get started. Tell me about that first pregnancy loss. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, We got pregnant and we were so excited, just like any couple would be. Um, But after having a couple of different discussions with an OB who we had just started working with, we had an early ultrasound um, where they actually labeled the pregnancy incomplete, which pretty much means that there was just never a heartbeat to begin with. Um, I hated that name of being incomplete. Um, I just felt like I was, it was supposed to matter less, but to parents, you know, anything that goes wrong in the pregnancy, no matter what stage you're at, it's so difficult, no matter what. Um, And then with that same OB, we, I felt a little naive. Um, She sat down with us after the ultrasound and she pretty much just told us to, that she recommended a DNC. So we had the surgery and it was actually on Halloween two years ago. Um, and it was, the surgery went well. They, I, the surgeon told us, you know, that I would heal really well and that we could start having a baby again or start trying again really soon. Like as soon as I felt up to it, um, which I felt at the time, like, yep, that's the goal. I'm just, that yep. was my- like I'm just gonna try and get pregnant again and it'll be fine this time and uh, what I didn't realize that from that was I needed to heal a lot more so than just physically I needed to heal emotionally as well for the DNC did you have general anesthesia yes yep they put me to sleep which I was really nervous about Um, I did have really great nurses who told me that I would you know, I, that I would feel like I just had a really strong apple teeny and now I would start feeling relaxed and then I would fall asleep. Um, and when I woke up, I talked to my husband on the car ride home and I said, you know, our surgeon seemed really great when he introduced himself. I just, um, I felt like, you know, after the surgery, he just kind of left us high and dry. He didn't check in with me after and Adam, my husband, actually said, no, he did check in. You just don't remember? <laughs> woke you up, yeah, and I just didn't remember that. Um, but again, I, I don't remember it, and he didn't call to check in with us afterwards either. So Okay. Yeah. But, but in general, a fairly positive, if you can call it that, DNC experience. Right. Yeah, but okay. was, I, you know, I woke up, I was in a little bit of pain. Um, uh-huh. I healed my body healed really well and quickly okay but tell me about this emotional part and when did you discover that that you needed more time emotionally I don't think I discovered it actually until after 
I had my next miscarriage um, because after that first one, I just, I was just bound and determined to get pregnant again. I didn't take a look at, you know, things that were other factors that were going on in my life, like how I was eating or how I was emotionally or how my relationship was. Oh, interesting. I didn't really realize I needed that healing or I didn't really realize either that I um, needed time to grieve this first pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the time in between. So it's around Halloween, you have the DNC and then what? You know, I, I wasn't in the greatest or brightest place. I just, I didn't want to talk about it. I was, I don't know if I was ashamed, but I just, I did not want to talk about it. And I was really sensitive to anybody who would bring up pregnancy or ask us, you know, when are you going to have kids? When, why don't you have kids? Um, And we had, you know, we told our families, our immediate families, and it was hard to find out, you know, like if they had told other people, um, which I later came to realize that they were just as excited about this baby and this pregnancy as we were. Yeah. They needed time to grieve as well. Um, But in that time frame, I was just really, I felt like it was our story, our information, and we didn't want anybody to know. Um, And we also, you know, I'm in that time frame where we have other friends who are having kids and babies as well. And so to find out that other people were pregnant and I would try and explain it to Adam that I am so genuinely happy for them. But when they tell me that I felt when they told me that they were pregnant or when they shared that exciting news, it felt like they were kicking me right in the stomach and which is not a good place to be. No, it's not at all. And you, you know, these are people that you love and you're so excited, but it's just this incredible dichotomy of feelings of being happy for them yet feeling this utter despair. Yeah. For yourself. Oh, so crappy. I hear you. Oh, yeah. And that was exactly it. I felt so happy for them, but so sad for us. Mm-hmm. So you guys started trying again then? Yes, almost immediately. Uh, we, Like I said, we got the go-ahead from the surgeon, and so we got pregnant um, just a couple months after trying. It didn't take us too long. Um, and so we went into the same group of OBGYNs, um, and we had an early ultrasound again, just to check to make sure everything was okay. I actually, to the first appointment before we had the ultrasound, I <laughs> took the pregnancy test and I waited there in the office. Usually they call you after, but I waited in the office for the nurse to tell me like, yes, the pregnancy test is pro- pro- positive. You're really pregnant. Now you can go home. Um, so we went home and came back a little, a couple couple weeks later for an early ultrasound and we got to hear the heartbeat this time which was incredible yeah and though the interesting part was we were told that the heartbeat was really strong so we went home feeling really hopeful and how far along did they measure I was measuring a couple weeks behind but this was at about seven weeks pregnant again. Okay. Um, so I had passed 
you know, the last pregnancy that, and so I was just feeling like, okay, this is going to be good this time. Um, and so we went home, but something really pulled me away from this group of OBGYNs. I just wasn't thrilled and didn't feel as supported as I felt like I should have been through my first miscarriage. Um, so I changed care providers. I actually chose a midwife um, and I went into that first appointment. They ask you to come in at about 10 weeks. So we went in a little after 10 weeks and she had gotten my file from my last care provider. And right away when she came in, she knew that something wasn't right based on the ultrasound. Um, so she took her machine and we searched for the heartbeat right away before we even had any other conversations and she couldn't find the heartbeat. So she sent us right over to the ultrasound. So I had a vaginal ultrasound then and the tech was searching and searching. And I knew from our last appointment what a heartbeat looked like and it wasn't there. And so I didn't say anything. I just started crying. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just, yeah, that like makes me cry just thinking about it right now. It's awful. Yeah. Just awful. The worst feeling. Um, so my midwife, though, again, a new midwife that we had just connected with, she called us from the ultrasound and she said that she wanted us to come in the next day. And we were going to talk about a care plan and she was going to get us through. She's going to get us through this time. What um, an amazing midwife. Like, first of all, that you switched. I mean, kudos to you because that's really hard to do. Yeah. To switch. But also, wow. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. So we're sitting there talking to her on the phone. Um, okay. And while we're waiting for her, it was the first time I had seen Adam just break down. Oh. <laughs> So that was really hard to see. Um, And we went home. We drove home. I just fell into bed, and I felt like I never wanted to get up again. (laughs) Yeah. was really just in a really bad place. And But we got up the next day and went to this appointment where um, she spent – Gosh, it was a really long appointment and it was just talking to us and listening to us. We, she encouraged us to ask questions about what we were going through. And she really, um, we weren't happy with the other care providers. And she said, nope, we're not going to look back. We're just going to look forward. And so she gave us a lot of good information um, and really encouraged us to pick the best care plan that fit for us. And she was honest and she told us, you know, to pass the baby naturally and deliver it at home is something that she does sometimes encourage her patients to do. And so that's what she goes. And so after talking to us, making sure that we were okay, she asked if it would be okay if she prayed over us, which really meant a lot to us. Um, that was an incredible experience. Yeah. And then she just sent us home with hope. Like we just felt like, okay, 
we're going to get through this. And she said, you know what, after this is done, you're going to come back to me and we're going to get you a baby. And that really meant a lot. Um, so yeah, and she said, you know, she kind of told us what to expect with passing the baby naturally. But even though she told us what to expect, it's, you just can't really prepare for that. Do you feel like she gave you a full picture? Yes and no. I feel like she gave us a lot of good information and she told us that it was not going to be easy. That it was okay. going to be tough. Yeah. Um, but everybody, and she knew this and she told us this as well, but every woman is very different and mm-hmm. her experience is very different. So she didn't want to create any expectations for us, if that makes sense. That's an interesting way to phrase it, to not create expectations. Because I often hear, I didn't feel prepared. They didn't tell me it was going to be this painful, you know, that kind of thing. But I get that. That's a that's an interesting way to phrase it, not wanting to create expectations. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So she told us to go home and relax. And um, I took the next few days off of work, obviously. Um, and she said, you know, once your body, once your mind tells your body that this pregnancy is over, it most often happens within the next few days that you start to pass the baby, which at first I was like, oh, that sounds crazy that that would happen because we asked about like, well, what if it doesn't happen Um, and what our next steps would be? And sure enough, over the next couple days, I was fine. And then one day I woke up and I was spotting a little bit and so I called the group of midwives and it because we work with a group of midwives actually and they talked about or they just talked me through it and said you know this is is going to start getting progressive in you know you're start you're gonna have some pain Mm -hmm. um and again they didn't say exactly what was gonna happen but they just made sure to, they asked me how I was feeling. Like I just told them straight up when I called, I just straight up gave them the facts. Like this is what's going on with my body. And and no matter which midwife I was talking to in my care team, they always asked me, how are you doing? Which really meant a lot. And so I'd be like really strong. And then all of a sudden they would ask, you know, how are you doing? And that was, (laughs) I would just break down. Crumble. (laughs) <laughs> when you're really not fine. Um, and so I, we were actually traveling to Southern Minnesota for a banquet to honor my grandpa. That was really important to me that I was there. Um, and so on the way back home, I started having worse cramps. Um, we stopped briefly so I could get out and stretch, but then we just kept on driving and, um, I crawled in the back seat. I can't believe I passed this baby in the back of the car. Um, but we had a two hour drive home. And at one point I remember telling Adam, like, you need to, you need to pull over or we need to find a hospital or something. I just, again, they told me there would be pain, but I wasn't anticipating this much pain. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So and Adam was incredible. I remember at one time he was looking up 
a hospital on his phone driving and giving me a foot massage because that's what, <laughs> and he was just, he's just a rock. Like he was completely calm and supportive this whole time. Um, so he's really what got me through it. And I was in the backseat really just going through each contraction, not knowing like what was going to exactly happen. And then I sat up and it was like this instant relief. And I felt, I felt tissue and the baby pass through me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got home then I immediately went into the bathtub and it, that same process happened a couple more times. Um, and just as painful as the first time. And so I don't know, it was really difficult, but I can't exactly describe it or the feeling how it felt afterwards, except I was just in awe of my body. Like my body knew what it needed to do. Isn't it incredible when you just surrender, which is so hard to do. And yeah, it's truly incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Which is what I needed to figure out. And I just, being a woman, like that's what needed to happen. It was still just as devastating. I'm not saying I felt happy about it or relieved, but it was just, it was. Brings out a reverence is what I found. Yes. This is a horrible situation, but you develop this reverence for your body when, you know, a day ago you were hating your body for failing you. You know, that's how I felt like you failed me. And then I would watch that process happen and think, wow. Yeah. I really, that's exactly how I felt that my body had failed me and that I didn't know what was wrong with my body or if it was something I had done. But then this experience really showed me that my body knows. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Still shitty, still terrible. <laughs> We're not going to minimize that. Yeah, still so bad. But I think I needed to go through that pain in order to start the healing process. Yeah. So you were able to pass everything naturally, no complications. Right. Yeah. Nobody stopped bleeding after a couple of days. Okay. Um, and they make you take, or they made me take. This was difficult, but they made me take pregnancy tests. And you watch the line disappear. It's a cruel joke. It really is. And then I went in again to get a blood test. Um, I went in actually to get many blood tests, but the first one was just to make sure that there was no more pregnancy hormones in my body. Um, And my midwife explained to me that we needed to do this in order to move forward. So that was a little bit helpful. Yeah, to have that clean slate for the next one. So is this the point where you realize, you know, physically you're doing relatively okay, you know, no complications, but that emotional side needed some time? Yes, definitely. And I I was still in kind of a crummy place um, for a while. And again, I didn't want to talk about it because I just... I don't know if I was ashamed or if it was just brought up so many emotions. Um, And again, thinking like, what did I do? Even though I was told many times, it's nothing that you did. It's still hard to believe that. Um, 
and now I know better, <laughs> but it took a long time. Yeah. So I, and I did actually need physical healing as well. Um, but in sort of a different way, I just needed to take control of my health and my lifestyle and my, just my body in general. Good. Yeah. So I, I shared with, um, she's was an old corker, but actually a really good friend. And one day I shared, you know, I missed those couple of days a few months ago because we had a pregnancy loss and it was actually our second one. And I just told her everything. And I knew that she led a lifestyle that was incredibly proactive in her health. Um, her husband was actually a chiropractor. And so she encouraged me. She's like, you know, no pressure, but I really think you should go see my husband. Um, and that just started a whole new journey in my health. And with that, um, just again, being proactive about my health. So you went and what, what were the changes that you made? What were the main changes? And by changes, I do want to specify for everyone listening. It never means that you did anything wrong with the first losses. It just, it's just progress moving forward. So what, what things did you do to really get your vitality up? Well, we talked a lot about stress and how stress and your health are related um, and how stress affects your body. And again, he, too, the same thing. He encouraged me that I did nothing wrong, but at the same time, I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything in my power to make sure that I was creating a healthy home for any future babies. Exactly. Um, And again, so he... I felt a lot better. And so physically he was helping me, but I would go there and he too would just ask how I was doing, encourage me to ask questions was just very, it was sort of like a mini therapy session. Like he was just, he just cared about me and he let me know that. Um, He also then introduced me to a nutritionist, a nutrition response therapist actually. And she, as well, uh, was just incredible. She helped, she taught me a lot about health in general and about eating and about taking care of my body and about toxins, but also just an incredible support person. And she realized how emotional this can be. And so just talking to her, hearing her story really helped me. And then just creating and giving me a safe place where I can share my story too. Had she experienced pregnancy loss? Yes, she had, which really, for any woman who has gone through a loss, I feel like that connecting with other women who have gone through the same thing and sharing your stories and sharing the suck is helpful and therapeutic. Absolutely. Yeah, so through, I just felt like I created this care team then who really just supported me not only physically, but also again, emotionally as well. I also, um, I needed to work on my faith. So it's something I did as well. And I worked with Adam, my husband, and we joined a parish that was really supportive too. And it just, it helped me grow in my faith because all I could do was just trust that there was a better plan for us. Yeah. That's fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So through these pregnancy losses, what was the main way that you found yourself coping? And no judgment, <laughs> but what was the main thing that you did to cope? Um, unfortunately, I think sometimes Adam got the brunt of my coping. <laughs> so because you always take out your frustrations yeah. on the people that are closest to you. And he yeah. just loved me through it all. He was always calm and always my rock because my, your hormones are going up and down and going crazy. And so that was a big part of it. Um, I, I had to force myself to not stay home and, you know, drink wine and watch Lifetime movies, which okay, wonderful at the beginning, but to start talking about um, what had happened and letting people know that I wasn't okay. Um, and just sharing my story, I think, is what helped me cope. Um, also being proactive again about like, you know, I can be an advocate for my body. I can yeah take care of myself and I can choose to eat better and I can choose to um, exercise well and get rid of some stress in my life. That helped too. 100%. That's yeah, that's fantastic. It's a really, you, I can see all these shifts that mm-hmm. happened and as sucky as it is, they led to what we'll talk about next and your third pregnancy, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. So another positive pregnancy test. And I know after having pregnancy loss, it's exciting, but you also hold your breath. Oh. So talk to me about that first trimester. Well, we waited a little while this time. We waited a few more months. Um, again, I just wanted to be in a good place this time. And I, I needed to have time to grieve the first two pregnancies. And I still, and not to say that I wasn't grieving those pregnancies, but I just needed a little bit more time this time. Um, and so I took the positive pregnancy test and I actually didn't share with anybody that I was pregnant for a little while. I felt like I, in my head that I was protecting this pregnancy. Like if I didn't, um, if I didn't share with anybody, then nobody could tell me that it was not going to happen this time. Okay. Um, so it was, like you said, it's terrifying. I cried so hard. And this time it was not just happy tears, but also just. What if? What if exactly. Like I was terrified of the what ifs. Um, it was really hard, but we started telling first our care team. Um, and again, it wasn't, you know, how you usually share a pregnancy. It was, I went into my chiropractor's office and I just, and Adam is the one who told me to go. And I just sat in his office and talked and told him that we were pregnant again and just started crying. And, but again, it's just so much encouragement and love and support um, from him and from my nutritionist, from my priest, from um, my midwife. Um, and telling our parents was different this time as well. We waited a little bit longer and there was no cutesy. Like the first time I was pregnant, I gave them a 
like a pumpkin that said your little our little pumpkin is due and this time it was just we're pregnant again just pray for us and we just left it at that um which was hard because you want to get them excited too and it shouldn't be a time of making you feel better about about your situation it's supposed to be just a celebratory time but it's different it's much different um but we just kept going with what we were doing this time um and we kept taking care of ourselves and we but it was just hard for me to attach to this pregnancy um and it took me a long time to figure out that this pregnancy was going to actually result in a baby. How and long would you say? I would say about after the 20 week ultrasound. So we kept going in. We had, um, we had two ultrasounds prior to the 20 week ultrasound. And each time I would go in and each time she would search for the heartbeat, I would, I just dreaded it. I just was, I just knew but the next time we would go in, she wouldn't find the heartbeat and that something ha would have gone wrong. And I just couldn't get that notion out of my mind. And she knew that. And she just sort of held my hand through this process. And she just gave me a little bit of tough love, too. She started saying, you know, like, you need to sign up for parenting classes because you're going to have to figure out what to do with an actual baby. And she told me, too, she's like, so when are your showers for the baby? And I didn't have any plans. And so she told me, she goes, you need to reach out to people and tell them that you're ready for a shower, <laughs> which is not something I, w I felt comfortable with, but it was something that I needed to do too in order to celebrate this pregnancy and give this pregnancy the love that it deserved. Um, right. Yeah. Free from the past. Right. As much as possible. It's not fully possible, but... Exactly. And so each time, like as hard as it, each appointment was, each time I think I healed a little bit more and grew a little bit, little bit by little bit more attached to this pregnancy. And all of a sudden I just started enjoying being pregnant. Um, I really did have a great pregnancy. And That's I just... Fantastic. Yeah, I loved, I loved it. I loved it the second half of it well right yeah were you on supplements were you like yeah um I took progesterone um which my midwife I, was it a cream nope it was a suppository okay yeah mm -hmm. um so it wasn't the prettiest or the most glamorous <laughs> process to have to do but um I and it was hard to know because it, the, you don't know if that's what helped the pregnancy or not. There's no test that says, um, but I did it every Through day. the first trimester or how long? Through the first 10 weeks. 10 weeks, okay. From the time, um, from the time I ovulated through 10 weeks. Okay. So you would, I would have to take the suppository and then, um, if I got my period, I would stop taking it. Cause that meant obviously I didn't have, I wasn't pregnant, but when I did get pregnant, I took it through that 10 weeks. And then I also, through my nutritionist, um, I was on a probiotic. Uh, and then 
I also took a fish oil supplement and then my prenatal vitamin as well. And so just, you're cruise, cruising along in this pregnancy. Yeah. And I really starting to attach. Yeah. Started to attach. I took some wonderful classes, um, parenting classes, and then just labor skills classes. And I was just really looking forward to that. I felt like, and again, not that I you could prepare for a, a labor <laughs> baby, but I felt like I had the strength from passing that second pregnancy um, that maybe some women didn't have because I saw a little glimpse of what labor was going to be like. And yes. so I knew I had that strength within me. Um, so I was really excited for labor and Adam was an incredible partner and he just, he coached me through everything and he was great too. So I think having that support person who's that close to you is important as well. It's really important. And it's just so amazing how he was able to be a rock for you. Yeah. Yes. He's very calm and very, didn't take anything too personally that I said and just. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when did you have your wonderful little baby? I had him on August 15th of this year. Um, I was, I was busy doing house projects and all of a sudden I felt contractions and um, they just kept on getting stronger and stronger. And we went into the hospital and I, um, I gave, I was there for about five hours and then he was born and the labor was just, I, I feel very fortunate because I felt like labor was wonderful and um, he was born healthy and beautiful and it was great. The light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Absolutely. And everybody's looking for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I told my chiropractor later, he was talking to another doctor about, um, about my journey. And I just said, yeah, we were really lucky that, you know, everything went well. And he goes, luck didn't have that much to do with it, actually. Like you worked really hard. You took care of yourself and, um, and you just had the strength inside of you. You did. And you allowed it to come out and you did a beautiful job taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time to figure that out, but we got there. (laughs) So what is your one piece of advice to women who are going through miscarriage right now or who will go through it in the future? I feel very unqualified to give advice. Oh, honey, you are plenty qualified. Just everybody has a different thing and it's it's an amazing nugget of information. So whatever you whatever you think. So I just think I learned so much from this experience. And one of the things I learned um, was just to become an advocate for myself as well as for my future family, um, and Adam too. So I just encourage everybody to get second opinions and to ask questions and to do research, but to ultimately just listen to your own self and what works best for your family. And just because this is what worked for me doesn't mean that it's going to work well for you guys. Um, 
I also just encourage anybody who's going through this to allow yourself just the time and the space in any way you feel and to grieve and then to start the healing process. And so just, I was, I talk about being proactive in my health, but I also just enjoyed the process of just taking care of myself and treating myself um, and also treating my relationship. We went through obviously some tough stuff and it wasn't all rosy, but we just really took some time to, to appreciate each other and it made our marriage stronger too in the end. That's fantastic advice. <laughs> that was fantastic. That's really going to help a lot of people. Thank you, Sarah, for joining me today and for sharing your story. I know it's difficult, but there are so many women who are really going to gain some hope and inspiration from this. So thank you so much. I'm glad, I'm glad, I, I'm glad to help. And thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.